Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is going to be such a good episode here. We're bringing episode 42. Somebody that the Permian Basin has been asking for and has been looking for. We have today's special guest, the youngest head coach in the nation for NCAA at UTPB coach Chris McCullough. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Appreciate you having me. Coach McCullough is also AFCA 35 under 35. I don't know if anyone knows or is familiar, but this is 35 head coaches in the nation from D3 to D1 selected by the AFCA as the top elite coaches in this country. And we got one of them right here in the 4-3-2. Permian. And and that's Chris, like you said, we had, what, four of their guys last week? Yeah. On the last episode, two episodes ago. And um, everybody knows about those 11 recruits, Coach, and hopefully we can learn some more about you and some more about your program. So, Coach, uh, thanks for coming on the show. You know, introduce, forget to do the intro, but Sammy Gardea yes. is the host for today. We got Chancho Rodriguez. Talk about getting demoted, but yeah. No, no not me, Sammy, but yeah, yeah no, no, no. hello. And we got Eric on the ones and twos and myself, Chris Lazoya. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you coming on. Um, we really just want to kind of say thanks for coming to the four three two, yeah, right to to bring in the hype, bring that program yeah. some life and some energy and some excitement, not just to the city but to the to the whole West Texas area and and these kids around here that are want to go play at UTPB. So let's start from the beginning, Coach. Tell us about your story. Tell us how you ended up. In Odessa, tell us, tell us, uh, growing up, your story, you know, from there, coaching, uh, playing wise, just, just go into detail about yeah. that. Yeah, so I'm originally from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Um, spent 18 years there. Uh, was a big baseball guy growing up, actually. Loved baseball. Baseball was my first love. Big Derek Jeter and Yankees fan. Oh, man. Um, but started playing football at the age of 14. Um, Really fell in love with it. Still was on the back burner to baseball. Uh, played quarterback. Was one of the one of uh, the very fortunate guys in my high school to get to play baseball and football at the same time. But you know, <clears throat> my my senior year, I was in a long term relationship. Had been in a relationship for four years. Decided I was going to get married at the age of eighteen. Oh wow! Growing yeah. up fast. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I wanted to play collegiate baseball, collegiate football. And I had some offers out there to do that and decided to get married and start living my life. Uh-huh. Went to Henderson State University in Arkansas, and I was just going to be an accounting major. I was really good with numbers, really good with um, money, and thought that was the way to go. But about three months into it, realized that it was not for me. <laughs> I miss sports way too much. I was right. good at it, but miss sports. So I wanted to find any kind of way to get back into it. So I started as a student assistant at Henderson State um, working for Scott Maxfield over there, a uh, big mentor of mine. But um, personal issues, me and my wife got a divorce at, when I was 19 and a half. Oh. Um, the, uh, the football side of things kind of took everything out. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> that was fine. Changed my major, actually, to coaching. Um, started doing that, obviously, for, for the next two years and decided to graduate college a year early. Graduated okay. in three years. Um, during that time, I met my now wife, who she's pregnant. She's seven months pregnant. Oh, Can't congrats. For, Congratulations. That. Can't wait for KJ to be here. KJ. Yeah. KJ. KJ. <laughs> but uh, got an opportunity to go out to the East Coast to Old Dominion University okay. as an offensive quality control, working with the quarterbacks. Did that for a short time. Got a job opportunity in West Virginia. One heck of a place now. West Virginia. At West Virginia? Uh, Fairmont State. Okay. It's about 25 minutes from Morgantown. Okay. So really good opportunity, was a running back coach, assistant special teams coordinator, really grew that year. Uh-huh. I mean, I was only there for four months, but I'd say in those four months I grew the most. Um, it was tough. Um, I was engaged at the time. It was tough being 24 hours yeah. away from my fiance. Um, so I knew I needed to get closer to home. East Central uh, hired Al Johnson, who just was the Wisconsin running backs coach. Now he's at Montana State as the offensive line coach. But I messaged him on Facebook, 
Didn't know him. Had no idea who he was. Saw he got the job. What? And uh, messaged him <laughs> on Facebook and said, I'd love to get back closer to home. I want a conference title when I was at Henderson State as a student assistant. I know the conference. I know the recruiting areas. Yeah. Um, he messaged me back and said he had one opportunity left. It was quarterback's coach, lowest paid guy on staff. Uh-huh. And I took it. I just wanted to get closer to home. home. So in Ada, Oklahoma, took that, spent five years there. Okay. Um, started out as quarterback coach, got bumped full-time about six months later, uh, got special teams coordinator that same season, and then worked my way up from special teams coordinator to offensive coordinator to then assistant head coach uh-huh. in the 2021 season. We finished 7-4, and four, which was the best season in a, quite a while there. And uh, everything was great. And then he took a job at Wisconsin, like I said. And uh, they named me interim head coach. And I'd be honest, I'll be honest with you, until about May of 2021, I never wanted to be a head coach. I just wanted to be a coordinator and yeah. keep climbing up as high as possible. So you never thought head coach? Never. That's for you. Never. While you're bouncing from these programs, are you one of the youngest in the, in the staff room? Or Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And you're moving up the chain. You're coaching special teams, going up to running backs and <clears throat> moving around, and you're the young guy. Yeah. Which is, to me, unusual. But for you, I mean, I know – I mean, you obviously, look at you, D2 now. But yeah. I just think that that's something to to, to at least yeah, let everyone man. know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I never wanted to be a head coach. And then I was named interim head coach, and I knew the guys. Obviously, I'd been there for four years, and – we were kind of rolling. We had everybody coming back. My quarterback was really, really good. Offense was really solid. We had beaten Tarleton State uh-huh. um, in the springtime. They were a Division One opponent in the top 25. We beat them at their place. Wow. And everything was rolling good. Yeah. Um, and then we started 0-2 this year as my first year as interim head uh-huh. coach. And I was – it was tough. There was not much sleep at night. And How bad does it get, Coach? Oh, it's bad. When you're 0-2 and you're an interim head coach and you're fighting for your job every single day and you know what the kids expect. The kids. They, they expect to win because we just had a 7-4 and season. Everybody's coming back. We play the conference champ. We lose by nine points oh. or something like that, nine to 12 points. And then the next week we play Arkansas Tech, who for us at the time we had beaten four straight years. Uh-huh. So oh we kind of went into that game on the road Pressure. with big heads thinking we were going to yeah. win. And we – our quarterback, who's following me here, played the worst game of his career, and we got demolished. And then that, that Sunday team meeting, we had to come to Jesus team meeting. I sat up in front of the guys for two hours and told them what all I had done wrong. Yeah. And then they got up and talked about what we need to do to change it. And that's when we developed the one and no brotherhood yep. uh, mindset that we talk about a little bit. And we were just going to focus on ourselves one day at a time, one game at a time, not focus on the opponent. And we rattled off six in a row. We finished the season eight and three. Got the chance to go to a bowl game and play Texas A&M Kingsville. And we beat the crap out of them uh, <laughs> down in Corsicana at the Heritage Bowl. And December after, 3rd. Yeah. After that game, I did not think I would leave East Central. Yeah. I mean, we had it rolling. We had 21 starters coming back next year. And I could have stayed there for the next five, six years, been happy winning eight, nine, ten games uh-huh. a year. And life would have been great. Um, but I'm always up for the next challenge and always um, looking to better my career, better my family's lives, and all that good stuff. And UTPB opened up. And obviously, everybody in the country knows how great the facilities are right. here. And uh, those are the first thing that come to mind. So when the job opened up, it was intriguing. I talked to the AD. AD's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Todd Dooley, big time, big time. Then I talked to the president. She's awesome, Dr. Woodley. But when you come here and you see the people and meet the people, and obviously you see the facilities, the town, and everything this place has to offer, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, this place is unbelievable. Um, the resources are there. And I told my wife I would not leave East Central unless it was for a job that is can be a national powerhouse yeah. and has every resource to win a national championship. And that's what I found when I came here yeah. on my flight. So it was hard, took the job, uh, brought two coaches with me from East Central, my offensive line coach and my receivers coach. Oh, you got to bring the old line coach. That's oh, yeah. good. That's that's the second most important job behind D.C. You got to have a great D.C. Oh, yeah. You got to have a great offensive line coach, oh. and he's top notch. Um, and then I brought six players with me, um, really, really good players. Obviously, my quarterback is coming with me, broke 
every school record in East Central history. My he's, goodness. He actually played high school ball at Wink his freshman and sophomore year. Oh, oh wow. He's a he's so he's a West Texas boy. Okay. And then uh receiver, two offensive linemen, um, and a couple other guys running back and all that good stuff. But, you know, when I came here, it was a, a breath of fresh air because I was at that place for five years, right? I had worked my way up from bottom to the top floor in the program, and I just wanted a fresh start, if that makes sense. You had been that somewhere for five years. You've seen how far you can take a program, and you sure. just don't know how much further you can take it. Right. Coming here, I get to start over, and we have, like I said, every tool to go win at a high, high level. So when you on the plane ride over here, walking to the campus, did it meet your expectations or surpass them? So what I got I got on that plane ride to come here, and I told my wife. I actually told my AD that was at East Central, and I told my quarterback that I brought with me. I told him I kept him pretty. I was pretty transparent through yeah. the process, kept him engaged, and said it will take this place being a ten out of a ten to make me come here. Yeah. I mean it's going to have to be top notch. They're going to have to convince me to come here. Mm-hmm. And when God. I got on that plane ride back to Oklahoma, I was sold. I mean, it was it was uh, a 20 out of 10. How long were you here? Just a day. One day? One day. Wow. Probably 26 hours Gosh. total. I mean, I, and not only that, but, I mean, the facilities, I haven't seen them. Chris, you saw the facilities. Oh, yeah. How good? Uh, 10 out of 10? So when <laughs> my oldest cousin, Cade, was doing the whole recruiting, we went to SMU okay. back Abilene Christian or Texas. And I still think UTPB was top three. And you went to all these Division I went to all these one. Division One facilities. And I still think UTPB is wow. top three, no doubt. That is crazy. Yeah, it's no, it's it's top notch. You you can't beat it. Coach Matt gets on the plane ride. He says, "I found my home." So what did you tell your wife? I said, "Start packing, honey." <laughs> <laughs> so I found home. Which she's been awesome. She, I mean, she's a head coach's wife. She was a head soccer coach and cross country coach at our previous uh, spot. She was uh-huh. at the high school there. So she knows the head coach grind. She knows the grind. She loves it, and she's she's ride or die. I mean, she's going wherever I go, and she's voiced that. And to have a selfless wife like that who doesn't care where we go, she just wants to be happy, that's all you can ask for. Oh, yeah, and you're primed for success with that. I mean, you're just in a good spot, you know. Yeah, sure. And so leaving East Central, um, was that a hard conversation to have? But but I mean but you do know that you left it in a better position than when you, when you first got there. Yeah, right? I mean when we took over, we had, they had won three games in two years. Wow! And to go nine and three for the first time in over thirty years yeah. to win the first bowl in sixty two years for that mm-hmm. program, I w- was satisfied and I couldn't have asked for more. Yeah. Um, it was tough to talk to the players because we built such a great relationship. I mean, a lot of those guys, we had 17 true freshman starters in 2019. So for three years, we had the exact same players uh-huh. playing every game. So you grow really, really close to them. And it's almost not like a coach-to-player relationship anymore. It's almost big brother, yeah. little brother. Mm. And uh, it's tough to, to leave those guys. But um, throughout the process, you kind of see how much those kids like you too. Yeah. Because they, if they didn't like you, they wouldn't have came here with for me. sure. Um, to a place they've never been before out in West Texas. A lot of them, you know, 10-plus hours away from home. Yeah. yeah, and it's not your necessarily your vacation destination. I mean, it's nice, but it's not. Don't throw this time that much. Hey, it's, 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 no. I mean, they're closer to Dallas. <laughs> what's the biggest perk about being from Odessa? Uh, good jobs? Biggest brag is we got a Raising Canes. That's probably that's canes, the biggest man. brag we got right now. I mean, I just left a town of 15,000 people to come here. Oh! Nothing. So okay, this so this is, is, this is, is awesome. Is a, yeah. I love this place. He's in the it, metro. It, and yeah. we were born and raised here, all of us are, so this is our home, too. So home. We not, love I'm it. I'm not used to being at a traffic light for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. That it used to not be that way. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. There's, and, I'm and, like, you know, there's no way. And right there, where he's his office is, right there on 42nd. Oh, it's miserable. And JBS, <laughs> that's, that's the worst. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that's, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> but I'd much rather see traffic than nobody. Right. Sure. So and so, you know, you recruited Blaine, my little cousin. I went to the visit with him. That's where I first met you. 
and I went to the visit with my oldest cousin, Cade, with the previous staff when he committed, and the feel was just completely different, right? Like, mm. you and your staff was just more – it was more personal. Like, you just felt that connection right off the bat. I don't know if it's just because the age difference or, you know, but it's just – it just felt different, Ryan. I, I told Lance that this this is where you got to go. Yeah, I, you know, I hired a heck of a staff. A head coach is only as good as a staff. And the staff I put together were some of the best recruiters that I felt in the region. Yeah. Um, and we're all pretty young. And I think it's a two-part deal. Obviously, our age, we relate to these guys so much better than Big a lot time. of staffs. Sure. You know, there's a, there's a staff out there in Wichita Falls that's a lot older. And uh, – you know, they try to stir up some stuff. Oh, Midwestern? Oh, oh yeah. goodness. Put a little shots here and there, right? I, I love being young. I want to be the old guys. Yeah. I want to be yes. the established career guys For and sure. show them, hey, these young guys can coach too. So It's a new generation. You know, that's, that's one part of it. But the second part of it is a lot of programs talk about family. And it's, it's two things. You, you can either preach it or you can live it. And this staff and our program truly lives it. Yeah. Like, it's not just something we say. It's something we live. And we talk about family, and you, you'll see it all the time. Family spelled with two L's, um, and it stands for focus, accountability, mentality, inspire, learn, love, and yes. And when we get in our guys into our program and we start talking about all that stuff that really builds um, champions on and off the field, all those things tie together in our program. But – Family is not just something we say every single day. It's truly something we live every single day. And it takes time. Like even now, right, you have a mixture of guys returning from the previous staff, guys that have been here, and then transfers, and now soon-to-be high school kids are all going to have to gel together. And it's not easy for a program to gel because you got guys from so many different backgrounds, so many different ways of getting here, right? There's a lot of guys. There's about 90 guys that came from the last staff. And to change their mindsets on things, it takes time. So it's not an overnight success, yeah. but we have to believe and trust in one another every single day to grow closer together. Right. And I think our culture and our philosophy on how to build the team camaraderie really helps us and gets us to that point that you're talking about where when you come on a visit, you feel it from the staff. For sure. You feel it from not just the staff, but the strength coach, uh, the training room. You yeah. feel it in all aspects of our program. It's something that – Day one, you have to talk about for sure, and you have to live it every single day. So, speaking on the on the, the your current players, how has that transition been when when you first walked into that first meeting with them? You you know, I told them this. Um, they didn't choose me; yeah. I chose them. Um, it's it's tough to trust somebody you first meet. Like you guys just met me tonight. Yeah. Or most of you guys just met me tonight. Yeah, first time. You probably don't trust me yet, right? I and trust you a lot, actually. That's, it, that's <laughs> any relationship, though. You don't yeah, fully sure. trust them until you get to know them. Yeah. You yeah. get to see them every single day in their element. And it's still taking time. I think we're obviously a lot further along than we were a month and a half ago. Yeah. But we start spring ball next week, and that is when they'll finally really see, all right, that's my coach. That's how he responds to this yeah. and that in this situation, and that situation. And that's when you start building those relationships. In my opinion, when you take over a program, it's going to take you six to eight months to really get it to where you want it to be uh-huh. as a culture standpoint. Yeah. But it still takes you two or three years to reach the peak of what you want a culture to be. So it's, 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 it takes time. Sure. It's not an overnight success. Now, when you say you're starting spring, spring football on the 28th, that's Tuesday, uh, you guys going to be – shorts and shoulder pads or are you going to be everybody's so we'll go two days in helmets and then start putting the shoulder pads on and then saturday we'll be live baby and you have you live saturday is it open to the public or you every practice is every the only person that can't come is josh land over at wt everybody else <laughs> <free to play. laughs> that's funny. um you got nine you said you had 90 and i don't know if you're referring to staff and and players or that's just talking about the guys returning oh, from wow. the previous staff. And then I brought 20 transfers. Yeah. So we're sitting right around That's... 110 guys right now. Okay, so fast forward to the season. What's your roster in the season? You, you can have as many as you'd like? or So so there's going to be some cuts. There's going to be some dismissals. Okay, I... And there's going to be some guys that quit just because okay. they see that um, either this program isn't fit for them. Sure. Um or that they're not going to play. Yeah. And that's something you talk about in recruiting is everybody has a fit for them. And it's not easy to find the best sure. fit for you. And this 
isn't supposed to fit everybody. Okay. Everybody that's here is yeah. not supposed to fit in this program and this brotherhood. It takes a special individual sure. to do that. So between now and May 1st, I bet we lose 20 to 25 guys. Wow. And they're great kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the guys that I inherited here are really, really good individuals. Some of them are really, really good football players, and some of them we got some work to do. Okay. And that's fine, and they have to realize that. But there's going to be some natural attrition that happens. Um, and then, obviously, adding 44 high school players, yeah. I hope to be around 130, 135. So it's a good depth. Yeah. And that's when the season starts. <laughs> that's when we start fall camp. Wow. Yeah. That's just uh, awesome. You know, I, I have to ask, a lot of people don't don't know, and especially NCAA rules, I don't know what the rules are for that. But I, I just uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, Coach, is your, uh, your recruitment in West Texas. You certainly did what you said you were going to do, and that's you. You talk about trust. The first thing you got to do yeah. to trust is you say it, and then you back it up by doing it. And you said you were going to recruit West Texas heavy, and then you brought on eleven yeah. right off the bat, yeah. big players. Right. These are guys that we've been covering all year who are stars. So speaking on like that, um, when I went to the visit with Blaine, I'm in the locker room with them, and dude, it's literally everybody we talked about. It's all they're all, all in there. season yeah. long. All these all the kids, I was like. This is some cool shit. And those guys all had numerous offers. Those, yeah. It's yeah. not like you were just saying, oh, we're, we'll just give you a chance. Right. They had offers to other places, yeah. and they're good players. I would yeah. I hated, I would hate to see them leave. You know, you, obviously, we started doing this show, Coach Mack, try to push kids' names out in this area from some of these small towns. You talked about towns, 15,000 population. They're around here, too. We just want to give them a, a kind of a place where we can talk about them. And thankfully, we have been able to reach – a lot of places, different yeah. college pro- programs, and we have a big following with recruiters, college coaches. We would like to think we were able to connect some of the dots with some of the guys here, but for you to c- get here and and recruit like you have been, rec- we always say recruit West Texas. And that's why I, I, I've said it, you're our favorite guy because you're doing what we preach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I just – how excited are you about these West Texas athletes that you got? Yeah, I still remember my intro press conference me talking about uh, signing kids from the Permian Basin in West Texas. And you always – I talk about what I want to do. But until you see it done, it's tough, yeah, right? Even sure. for me, my goal heading here was I wanted to sign eight kids from an hour or less. That was my goal. And we signed officially 11. We got a 12th one we're waiting on. Huh? Can't say names, obviously, but – Oh, you can say names. I can't, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, he, he's here in Odessa. Oh. But, uh, there's going to be a, a 45th player we signed, 12th from the Permian Basin. But um, obviously we have to keep local talent here. For sure. If we're going to have any chance to be successful but also build our brand and get the local support, we have to recruit local kids. And the best kids. Uh, we talked about a little bit uh, other schools and mm-hmm. – other schools that recruit the Permian Basin, like Texas A&M Kingsville, did a heck of a job. The team you beat. Coming in <laughs> and, and trying to get the best kids in the Permian Basin. And Bo Bay, for example, yeah. was Good. committed to Kingsville. Yeah, he flipped them. And we flipped them. And it's not easy to flip a kid. He no, was committed not. to he, – He committed to Kingsville, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I just lost this kid because he was scheduled to come on a visit the next weekend. And we convinced him to come on the visit. And the moment he stepped foot on campus with his mom, he fell in love. And he knew it was a place for him. But we beat Kingsville. We beat West Texas. We beat Midwestern on multiple kids. And it's not easy wow. to do so. Blake Flowers, for example, over at Seminole, he's been my top quarterback for over a year and a half. Wow. And he's right there again in West Texas' yeah. backyard as well. And we got him over West Texas. So there's many kids like that that we beat a lot of good D2s. Sure. We beat a lot of kids on – we beat a lot of FCSs and FBSs. On no way. Wow. In the DFW and just... Houston area. So – uh, th- this deal. class was r- shockingly better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. I thought coming in, we'd sign 25 to 30 kids and uh, kind of be the foundation of what we wanted to do, but not be as good as it was. Sure. I mean, we brought, out of all the numbers we brought in on campus, 77% of those guys signed the dotted line on signing day yeah. to come to UTPB. So if we can get them here on campus and get them in this oh. community, they fall in love with it. But that's the biggest issue is so many kids in Dallas and Houston have this negative persona about West Texas. It, yeah, yeah. And, and the drive sucks, let's be honest here, oh, right? Oh, sure. But once you get into Midland and then Odessa, 
it has everything you could possibly dream of. Yep. It has everything you need to be successful. Everything you may need from 12 a.m. in the morning till 11:59 p.m. It has everything you will ever need. Yeah. And in a lot of hardworking kids, hardworking parents. I don't know if you've got a chance to visit. We have some really good coaches, head coaches, athletic directors in the area. There's a guy in Fort Stockton named Coach Jeremy Hickman who, who always talks about West Texas tough. And uh, he says it's not a shame to be from West Texas. It's not a shame to be from Fort Stockton. This is what he tells his kids. And he's just trying to instill in them that although people say, oh, you're from West Texas, it's, you know, it is something to be proud of. And, and they do have a lot of grit. And that's what he tries to instill in his kids. So for you to say that, just makes me think of him for some reason, but a lot of coaches in this area preach this West Texas tough. And like I told you earlier, we all we all played sports here, grew up here. This is our home. Chris and I played football at Odessa High, long time ago, right, Chris? Oh, many moons ago. A <laughs> <laughs> lot more than I'm proud to say for sure. No, I'm proud of our efforts here in West Texas. I'd be lying to you if I said um, we'd win a national championship with just Odessa Midland kids oh, for sure. or just West Texas kids. That's not realistic. But if we have a great combination of the Permian Basin kids with Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio yeah. kids, we have a legitimate shot yeah. to make a run in the playoffs and compete for a national championship for years to come. And this is the Lone Star Conference. How many teams are in the Lone Star Conference? Is it 10? Yes. Okay. Just and there's a school here too, Millen Millen Christian. Excuse me, uh, Andrew. He's sitting here with us. He state went to champion. Christian. He won a state championship there. Right now, there's, and I think they put out they 33 of their seniors. I don't know how many seniors, but almost all of them went on to play collegiately, and they also try to push their kids real, real hard. Have you had a chance to visit with, since you've been here in this short period of time? Any of these ADs reach out to you and say, hey, I have a kid here. They do it to us. I, I'm sure you're getting DMs all the time saying, hey, look at this kid. Yeah, yeah. my second week here, um, I took a road trip with our assistant head coach who was the only coach I kept from the previous staff, um, Rob Messenger. Great guy. Um, great dude. And we went to all these high schools and met the head coaches. And oh, said, wow. This is my recruiting area. Like when I told you guys I was recruiting Permian Basin, getting, this is my area. Already? Anybody within an hour, I recruit here. Um, that's my only recruiting area. Each coach has a DFW or a Houston or Austin or San Antonio or West Texas or Abilene or Lubbock. No, this is my area. Yeah. So I talk to all these coaches. I talk to all these kids. I want this to be a big basis of what we do every single year is right here in the Permian Basin. And if there's a coach out there or a parent or a kid who's listening right now, he's 16, 17, what would you say is the Best way to say, okay, Johnny, you want a scholarship, you want to go play football at the next level. What's your what's your step number one, your first piece of advice to say, hey, this is what you need to address first? Academics, hundred percent. Okay, always academics. Um, if you don't, if you're not taking care of business and have over a two point five, two point five, that for Division One is tough to go anywhere. But um, as you get to the lower levels, it's a little bit lower. But you need a two point five GPA or higher. Obviously, you need to go to class because we're going to ask the counselors, we're going to ask the teachers, we're going to ask the principals how you are in class. Um, and then, obviously, be a, a good citizen and a good human being. Like, you know when you make a bad decision as a human being. Sure. It's just a cognitive ability. You know if it's right or wrong. Just make the right decisions all the time because that's the stuff that keeps you from playing football longer than anything is injuries and dumb decisions. So just be a good human being and – Obviously, the football side takes care of itself. You either got it or you don't. Okay. <laughs> but everything else, right. you should have it because you should have a good head on your shoulders to make the right decisions. 2.5 is the magic number, then. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. And that's Chris, what we want. That's what you're looking for. Are those Chris? C's? What are those? <laughs> yeah, that's what, what is a 2.5? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. C's and B's, baby. Okay, C's I wasn't in school long. These <laughs> for degrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I know a lot of these kids, you know, we get so much – highlight tape and film you know sent to us and we push it out as, as much as we can if we do look at it we we try to not just push out like you say you have it or you don't yeah um, they got past the eye test right yeah past the, the one thing i'd say to most kids is don't be, be realistic yeah. right everybody oh thinks chris they says can, it so much everybody thinks they can play at florida state alabama uh you can't sir or they'd be calling you right the water bus <laughs> the water buses they're gonna find you horrible Here, here's what i would say 
your sophomore and junior year, just go to local camps. Yeah. Go to UTPB camp. Go to West Texas camp. Go to Midwestern or Abilene. All these camps where it's just one school, that's when it, if you get an offer out of that, yeah, then okay, you can play. But if you can't get an offer from these schools at those camps, okay, you're definitely not playing Division One football, man. Let's just be honest. Such good advice, and Chris, Chris has been doing Bingo. this already. I think you've done it twice. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on recruiting and kind of echo what Coach Mike um, is saying? You no, know, like Coach said, you got to be realistic, right? You know, with Katie, we he was a different athlete than Blaine, right? So, but with Blaine, we kind of we're just real with them, like, hey, D one FCS maybe, but D two for sure, D three, right? And so that's what we we targeted. You no, know, we hit up coach at East Central, uh, hit up coach Maxwell, yep. and coach Shaw. Yep. And you know they reached back out, saw his film, and y'all liked him. Y'all offered him, right? And uh, you kind of want to just go off of that, but you just got to be realistic with the players because a lot of these parents, you know, they think Johnny's an all star, right? They think yeah. D one D one mentality. Oh, I'm gonna think KJ is the best, yeah. best football player in the country, but. I'm also going to be realistic in 18 years. Sure. Hey, KJ, you're 5'11", bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go D2 or D3. Let's right. You're that blunt, right? Uh, yeah. That's funny. You're 5'11", bro. So <laughs> you've seen the roster, no, first time you're, first time seeing the roster where these players are from, and you're scrolling down the roster, right, and you're not seeing a whole lot of West Texas. How – what was your what were your first thoughts when you saw that? Because we, we've all been we – all, we're all born and raised here. And, you know, we've had a hard time comprehending why a lot of these kids from West Texas are going somewhere else. Now, D2-wise, they're going out of state or they're going up north. Yeah. Why not play here in your hometown? You should never leave the state of Texas to go to another D2 if you're from Texas. Even when I was at East Central in Oklahoma, we based out of Dallas-Fort Worth. And even then, I was shocked that so many kids would leave Texas to go to Oklahoma and play football, even though it's only two and a half hours away. There's so many good D2 programs in the state of Texas. So many. Yes. And when you look at our roster, I mean, yes, a lot of these guys are not from West Texas, and it's kind of surprising that you don't have hardly any. Right. You know, if there was only like 10 to 20% of starters from West Texas, I would understand it. Correct. But there's literally like less than five percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense. There's only one, so For sure. it just does not equate to what it should be. And you can contribute it to the way the school recruited before. Yeah. But there is this thing that I ran into this year that was tough to, even with Bobay and, and some of these guys that we signed is so many guys grow up here and live here or move here, right, and spend some time here. They want to experience new things. Sure. They want to get out of the basin. They want to go see new new things. And that's something you always have to deal with in recruiting yeah. is we're going to have people here, some really good football players that we want to keep in the basin that just don't want to stay here. Yeah. And I understand it, right, with this portal world that we live in. Oh, jeez. They, they can go to a, another D2. They can go to a Midwestern or a Kingsville, spend a year or two there, get homesick, yeah. and come right back. And that's fine. And I talk about it, and you heard me talk about it during the visit, is find the best fit for you. Yes. Every kid has a fit for them. And one kid's different than the second kid, and that's fine. Find the best fit for you, but being close to home ain't a terrible thing. No. I mean – Say you're from Midland and you go to UTPB, you're far enough away from home where mom's not going to come see you every single day, but you're close enough that if something happens, she's right there Uh, for you. These Mexican moms, they'll show up every day with lunch and breakfast (laughs) if you let them. And that's fine. Well, well, Bobay told us, hey, my mom's cooking. He said he invited y'all over for dinner. Yeah. So y'all better invite us when mom cooks up dinner for y'all. We definitely want to be there. I have a question. You're my age, so I don't know if you'll know. Y'all too. So y'all are up there in age. <laughs> when y'all were graduating, did y'all's parents not tell y'all to like go? Uh, no. So our our parents are more old school Mexican culture, right? So they 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 don't even know they don't even know that situation. Like they don't even know how to handle that situation, how to push you to go out there. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, we our parents weren't that far advanced. He's like, when I said I'm leaving, mom said, why are you leaving? Yeah, why are you leaving? Stay here. Well, my mom. She wants me to be home all the time. Me and my group of friends, uh, I guess we had it We had it pretty good. My mom was like, and all my other group of friends, pick a place on a map. 
That's where you're going. Yeah. I'm getting you an apartment, and you're going. I chose San Antonio because I liked it. I could have gone anywhere. A lot yeah. of my friends went to Austin and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I guess my generation, and now with the younger kids, that's the thing. I mean, they want their kids to go as far as they go can. As far as they can. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're a pain in the butt, yeah. Sure. And some aren't built for it. I mean, definitely, <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta have a different mindset to be gone from home. I was old. I, I think Coach Mac, you got married when you were 18. Yeah, that's crazy. You were like that obviously 28. Didn't work out. 18 going on 28. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Todd Dooley, our AD, actually in my press conference, uh, the first thing he says is, "I'm an old soul." Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah so doubt, man. 27, but I probably act 47 <laughs> a lot of times. That's fine. I'm um, just matured uh, rapidly growing up. I didn't party. I didn't do any of that crazy yeah. stuff. But what do you do for fun? Uh, what's non-football, bro? Please tell me I'll you play Call lot. of Duty. Oh dude. yeah, hundred percent. PS5. All the time. Oh, oh, great. Oh, yeah. oh, we so, like you here on the show. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I worked so much. I worked at a grocery store like 35 to 42 hours a week growing up, like in high school and in college. I worked at a grocery store in a meat department. So if oh. I wasn't at football or at class, I was working in the meat department. So, so I didn't have a lot of fun. I, it was work, work, work. Were you that, cutting the meat? That is, oh, I, yeah. I hear that is needs to be well more respected than what it oh, is. Oh, it's, it's a, bro. Serious it's an art. Yes, it's I did not art. know that. I, it's I, solitary, too, right? There's nobody in there with you, No, you're you, just right? in this cold room, probably <laughs> uh, 12 by 12. That's where all his maturing <laughs> happened. He's, yeah. there cutting, he's like, I'm wow. growing up. Yeah. That's no, funny. It, but it made me who I am today, like working so hard where all I was focused on was work. Right. There was very little play. And look where uh, it got you. I mean, right? it paid off. Gosh, so, man. No doubt. So going from 18 years old, and going straight into coaching. Do you think you'd be here right now if you would have went to play college football? No, completely different. Okay, because I got three years of coaching experience while everybody else was playing. And we're and we're kind of noticing that because you see it like in the NFL with McVay, yeah, yeah, some of the other younger guys, right? They're like, well, we're not going to play. We're just going to go straight to coaching. Well, that kind of gives you a, a, a leg up on everybody, right? Yeah, because you're learning from mentors or you know guys that you're working under. Yeah, so was, you're getting that knowledge I, already. I was 18, 19 years old with my own recruiting area. Wow. Uh, coaching my own position at a, a really good D2. And I was actually a student assistant for my OC that I just hired at UTPB. He was the quarterback coach there. So I was <laughs> basically his little uh, – Yeah. I was his janitor. Let's yeah. Exactly. Say that. Okay. So <laughs> you were I his do boy. Exactly. I did everything that he told me to do. So, I mean – to be there and then 10 years later be the head coach and be able to hire him as my offensive coordinator is awesome. Right, I oh, bet. That's, that's some crazy stuff that, right there, man. Yeah, and that's special because this is someone you started with. So. Yeah. I noticed this yeah. from you, Coach Mack. When you got here, I met you for the first time. A piece of trash on the ground. You picked it up. I yeah. said, "Oh my goodness, this guy's legit." I was like, "Who does that?" And only I'm just Chacho walked right by it. Andrew walked right past it. <laughs> what, what trash was it? Matter there? of fact, I think he threw something else out on his pocket. It. I believe it. There was, well, it was right there by the door, and I met Coach Mack, and he bent down and grabbed something. I thought he was tying his shoe. He picked up pieces of trash and threw them away. I was like, right. just stunned because you don't see that. It, it all makes sense, though. Yeah, the, it does. the youngest head coach in the nation does that. It makes total sense. Right? Yeah. I was expecting an old man to walk in here. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't check the <laughs> socials anymore. I was expecting. I hear head coach. I was hearing, old you, man. It reminds me, we've all seen the Dak Prescott when he throws a piece of trash into the trash can and he misses. Yeah. And then he thinks for a minute. He's like, I better go get that. And just gets it, put it up. You know, yeah. kind of. Right. So we saw so Ross is moving up D2, right? Yep. We've seen some schools moving up D2. We've seen some schools Uh-oh. moving up D1 FCS. So we got to ask a question. So Ross Lobos. Is UTV looking moving D one eventually? Is that in the future? Is that was that in the talks whenever you were interviewed? I, th- I think. Come on, coach, give us the insight. I think the future Chris. is bright for UT Permian Basin. I think the thing we have to focus on right now is being competitive where we are, yeah, and not having a winning season yet. Besides uh-huh. a little spring, not that doesn't count. By the way, it's like it's like the bubble yeah, in the NBA, yeah. right? The Lakers championship that doesn't count. Can you but, explain it to me? Because I was highly confused. <laughs> that. I'm not gonna lie, dude. What on what the spring championship? Yeah, yeah. Is that was that just like they yep. played f- four or five games and they won every game and they didn't really play anybody and yeah. Was that just like the makeup for the lost lost uh, season? Like I don't. I mean, we played when I was at East Central. We played Tarleton in a, a true game. Yeah, and they were top 
I think they were number 21 in the country, and we beat them at their place on April Fool's Day. Wow. And uh, (laughs) some people took that spring as an opportunity to get better and play opponents. Some people just played each other in scrimmages. How was that celebration on the ride home? Oh, Oh, but it was nuts. Unreal. Did you party to then? (laughs) It was a good time. Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) no, I think, uh, you know, Sol Ross moving up. I think the trajectory of college football or really – Collegiate athletics is just changing. D2 is vamping up to FCS. D3 is going to bump up to D2. I think the next 10 years are going to be completely different landscape for all of college athletics. And I think as we compete more and more in the Lone Star, you're going to see an opportunity for UT Permian Basin Athletics to grow. So you're saying there's a chance. There's always a chance. Oh, can't wait for this moment. You know, one of the things that we want to do, too, is promote this program. This program is going to be a whole new – everything's – as far as the, the, the feeling of it, the coaches, some of them. Coach Mack, going into next year, what what can we expect from your team? Yeah. Uh, so, like offense, defense, special teams. I, I want to know what kind of pro, what kind of show are you going to put on the field on offense? Yeah, so on offense, we're going to be an 11-12 personnel team. Um, I, I like to call it a multiple spread offense. All right, mm. we're going to spread the ball out. There's no doubt about it. We're not going to go super, super fast. We're going to have the ability to, but I want to be a great time management guy. I want to be able to control the clock, keep my defense off the field, keep them healthy, and make their defense tired. Like, I was pretty well known at East Central. I mean, we had a 34-minute time of possession, which was number three in the country. Like, I was going to melt the clock, and you were not getting the ball back. If we got a two-score lead on you, you're done. That's cerebral. <laughs> you're not getting the ball back. So, yeah. on offense, we're going to be able to run the rock, and that's something we struggled with. UT Permian Basin struggled with in the last few years. Yes. We They could not run the football, and we will. I mean, that's our go-to. We're going to run the football down your throat, and that's just plain and simple. Like, we're going to be smash-mouth football, try to run for 200 yards a game, and you're not going to stop us. Y'all getting the uh... – any smack talk for for milking the clock by other coaches when y'all oh, do that? It doesn't matter when you're getting W. Because I, I, I do it on Madden. I get a lot of shit from oh, everybody. Oh, I, I, I did too. Last I, night, I got three doves, and I was just milking it. You got to do what you got to yeah, do yeah. to get a win. I, a win is a win. I don't yeah. care. Win right. and, and that's one thing. Like I could score 80 points a game, but it may be 80 to 60. Yeah. Why not just win games 31 to 10? No, and that's I, that. I like that formula better because it's – you're eating the clock, and then all of a sudden you're changing maybe their game plan. Maybe they're a fast-paced offense. Maybe their quarterback's used to playing right. at a quicker pace, and now you just made it, or vice versa, where he's used to playing slow, and now he has to speed it up. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty cool. How but, about on defense? It's like but, a hybrid offense. But it's it's That's uh, kind of what I'm seeing. But with our run game, it sets up our pass game. Like We take a lot of shots. I mean, we take 12 shots a game is my goal. What's your, what is your definition of a shot? 25-plus yards okay. on the field. I mean, we're going to take a lot of shots. So we're going to throw the ball 30 times a game still. We're going to run the ball 45 times a game. Um, but my goal every single week is to have 200 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. That's my And a goal. W. And a w, w every single week. And on defense, we're going to be multiple. We're going to base out of a four down, which is completely different than what UTBB has ever been. They've always been three down. Um, we're going to stop the run first. You're not going to be able to run for 300 yards a game on us. That's just not happening. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to, for the most part, keep a safety in the middle of the field and not give up the deep shots in the middle. Because that's where, um, at our level, teams get beat so much is the vertical seams. And mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that um, with us playing one high safety in the post. And you're not going to be able to take those shot plays anymore. We're going to force you to throw it on the edges sure. of the field and say, all right, our corner is either better or worse than your receiver. Let's see what happens. How, how big are you? You seem like someone – to me, that is hyper-focused on special teams. How big are you about your special teams? Oh, it's got to be a, a vital role in your program. I mean, if you think about it, right, if you think about a, a game, truly one-third of the game is special teams, if not more, like every single game. Sure. So if you don't have – like our starters are going to be on special teams. Like our player of the year in, in the GAC uh-huh. from my previous school started on two special teams. Like, you're playing special teams. I don't care who you are uh, because we're going to be better than that other team. If we can make a difference in the special teams game, then you you have to win two phases of the game to win a football game. Yeah. You have to. Okay. 
So if you can win on special teams, now you just have to win on offense or yeah. defense. Makes your odds a lot better right. taking that win. Yeah. Just change the change the momentum of a game with one play on special teams and see what happens. Nice. like that. So, Coach, talking about the new direction of the program, I don't think I've only been to two UTPB games, right? Just because the energy hasn't really been there, right? And I, and I think now that you're recruiting West Texas, kids that we know, you know, you're the young coach in town. What what will you do to keep that energy up and to keep people coming back? Yeah, uh, obviously recruiting helps local yes. kids. That's first and foremost. The cure to all things is winning. Correct. We all know that. We start winning at the level we should. People will pack the stands. Yes. Um, another thing is being seen in the community. Yes. I mean, we already have over 150 hours of community service. What does that What does that mean? Uh, so in our program. Our guys have 150 hours where they did something in the community already. My goal is 1,200, and that's going to happen. I can promise you that. You're doing community service hours out in the community? You're just yeah, going out? All the time. Volunteer work? Every every Friday we have High Five Friday. Every Friday. Oh, I did see your Yes. Your every, players were at, at Barbara Jordan. They were, yeah. I guess, escorting kids in the school. Yep. I High Five them, opening the door as they that pull was, up, all that good stuff. So we do that every single week. Um, but there's a couple different, like, Shrimp Fest is coming up next week where our guys are probably going to get about 400 hours total because we're going to have, like, 50 guys work, and they're going to work, like, eight hours. Wow. Um, so a lot of opportunities to show face, to be in the community. I mean, when we get to fall camp, you're going to see us at Chick-fil-A. You're going to see us at Canes in the drive through lines, passing out schedules. Oh, I'll be at Canes. That's that's my number one spot. <laughs> all right, but Contro's favorite. Um, the best. You, you'll see posters all over town. You'll see schedule cards all over town. Yeah. We have to make a presence sure. uh, to get people there. I mean, if you think about it, the first year UTPB played, the first game was twelve thousand people. The second game was ten thousand people. There was a lot of people there. Now I was there. Um, so there's excitement there. Yeah, it's a new regime, new era. I'm only the second head coach, like you said earlier, in program history. There's some new energy here. Let's get this thing rolling. That's right. All right, we played Texas College week one. My goal, all right, is to score 80 points. Hell yeah. Oh, man. So let's get get everybody here. (laughs) Let's get everybody here to that game, and let's see what we can do. I promise you guys are going to be proud of this program and proud for the future of our program. That's what we want, Coach. We want to bring that college football atmosphere energy back in, into the city this town needs it needs it there's a lot of passion here for football i mean you came to the perfect place man i think this is going to be after meeting with you this is yeah. just going to be over the top i've said it earlier there's no reason why we're uh, we're we're part of the problem too there's no reason why we should want to go drive two hours mm-hmm. to go watch tech play when it's college football here in our city yep Right. Yeah. And it's That's the same the with the donors and the, the people who give back to our program. Yeah. Those same people could go to Lubbock. They could go to Texas A&M. They could go to UT. But why not root and give your uh, money to the local town, to the local university? Let's try sure. to be yeah. the best university in Texas. But you can't do that if you're supporting Texas Tech, UT, and UT Permian Basin. That's right. right. No, yeah, it's hard to do it. Man, it's – Coach Mack, I, I wanted to ask you about um, th- this fall. I mean, what is – what's your favorite – or what's going to be your ultimate goal for your team this season in the Lone Star Conference? What's the realistic goal for you, man, for, that you're going to tell your kids? I can't – I can't really put a win-loss number out there. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think the biggest thing is I want to see every single day between now – September 2nd, that we get better. Some way, some form, some fashion. Us as a team, we get better. Because all I want us to focus on is ourselves. And then when we get to the season, see how we respond to adversity. Adversity is going to strike. It doesn't matter if we're playing the worst team in the country or the best team in the country. right? Adversity is going to strike. Are we going to respond in a selfish way where we point fingers, or are we going to come together as a family and as a team yeah. and figure out how to overcome that adversity? Those are the moments that really define how good a program is, how good a, a coaching staff is, and how good the players are, is when that strikes, how do they respond? And then obviously, can we win the games in the fourth quarter? 
I think you can tell a lot of teams, like in 2019 at East Central, we went 3-8. and eight. We lost five games by a touchdown or less. Mm, that's tough, man. Because we were young. We were the youngest team in the country. We had 17 true freshmen starting. We just didn't know yet how not to lose a game. That's what I'm worried about here. Are we going to do the things the right way to win games and not lose games? Because yeah. you win a lot mm. – or excuse me, you lose a lot more games than you win. Sure. You find a way to piss down your leg and lose a game. Yeah. And then finally once you get older and you start – believing in one another and figuring things out you start learning how to win games and most of the time you win games by not defeating yourself yeah so you gotta that's you gotta win the day yes win the day every day yes win the moment like i just want our guys to live in the moment one week at a time not focus on the end of the season but focus on today awesome and then obviously win a lot of football games that's and we're looking forward to it we're gonna promote utpb we have before in the past but uh we've never been lucky enough to have the head coach and you are our very first Div- uh, Division One, Two, Three head football coach in college that we've had on our show almost a year into it. Thanks for coming in, man. We we're so grateful and honored to to meet you and to have you in our backyard. Just a big pleasure. Yeah, appreciate you guys having yeah, me. Man. Uh, I have a serious question. Uh oh, you're head coach of a football team, about to have a kid, and you're married. Realistically, <laughs> weekly. How many hours you playing Call of Duty or just PlayStation <laughs> in general? So Harry Potter's game came out about a week ago. My boy's been trying to get me on that. And I am level 30 already. So I oh. would say I put in three to four hours a day. That's right that is shocking. To wow. me. During the season, I will go to work early. I'll come home late. And the first thing I do after greeting my wife is probably turn on and play a little bit 2K because 2K comes out in the fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, so I'll be (laughs) grinding on 2K till about 1 a.m., and then I'll finally go to bed and do it all over again. I wake up in the morning. My my fiancé can't get mad if she's asleep. Ah, you're smart. So I wake up at 4, I'll play till 5.45, then I'll go to the gym. The thing that always gets me is the little ding your PlayStation does when you hit the button. (laughs) They know. (laughs) They know immediately. As soon as that button hits, you're like, "Ah." I have a, I I collect toys, so I call it the toy room, but I have it in my grandparents' house away, because if she hears that ding, they wake up. It's like, it's it's an alarm. My wife's questioning me. Because I get in a text in our group chat from him at 3.30 in the morning. Ah. <laughs> Who's texting you? Who's texting you? That's just Andrew's up right now. He's playing that. Yeah. He's playing PlayStation. Everyone gets group, uh, gets messages in the morning. Like, I'll, I'll message someone. All the time. That's, that's <laughs> impressive, dude. I, that, I'm going to have to bump up my hey, You are a grinder. Yeah. I, mean, I have to find any kind of way to get the stress out and... What better than yelling at little kids on Madden? <laughs> oh, there's no right. better. There's no uh, better. You relieve stress by booting up a stressful game, and it just no helps. Doubt. It helps so much. You either <laughs> yell at your players, or you're gonna yell online to the the Harry Potter game. Though I mean, that's awesome. You, does it stress you out too, though? Or no, it, no, absolutely not. Wow. I need to try. I've never. I just bought a Nintendo 64. Never so indulged. Once I get tired of that, I'm gonna hop on Harry Potter. Yeah, that's what I'm. So what's the go? Is it like levels, and you just like yeah, you just stages. Obviously, you got to defeat different enemies. And oh, that, but. You run Hogwarts. Obviously, I, I've never seen or read the book. I, I've never read what? it. What? I, I don't know. The other day, I saw a Harry, Harry Potter commercial, and I said, Harry Potter, who, who likes that? You were and too then, cool when it came out. You were in I thought I was day. too cool. It'll no, I'm not. Brain, it's because Coach Max a Brainiac, I think. He is a it's for smart people, I think. Chacho. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, it's going to take me some use to, because I'm not, I'm not uh, into Harry Potter at all, but everyone's been telling me to get on yeah. it, so I'm going to have to. So what's been the go-to spot now that since you moved to West Texas? What's the go-to restaurant? Uh, besides Cane's. Yeah. I, I like Cane's is a sponsor, y'all. Oh, they do a little bit. Oh. Nice. Texas Roadhouse, Cane's. We have, we have quite a bit of corporate sponsors that do a really good job. Um, big big fan of Volcano. Volcano, yeah. I love sushi. Um, I, I used to be scared to death of sushi. Really? Me too. I hate vegetables. I hate all that type of stuff. But I couldn't have sushi, and then I tried it when I was in Ada, Oklahoma. Yeah. You wouldn't figure sushi in Ada, No, you Oklahoma. That's the odd spot. It's good now. I wouldn't trust it. But <laughs> Volcano, way better than Osaka's. I hope was the people I'm not a bad Osaka, Osaka don't listen to this, but terrible experience. Did you like the days. raw? No, it has not to be deep fried. Have you tried okay. it? has to be deep fried. Volcano's pretty good. Yeah. Have you tried H-E-B sushi? 
I have not. I haven't even been in H-E-B. What? Whoa. You haven't been in? Oh, I know. Have you ever been into an H-E-B? No. What? I've never had it. So the one in Millinaw 250, I think they still have it, but you can make your own peanut butter in there. Really? Yeah, it's legit. Make your own peanut butter? Yeah, there's a little peanut butter aisle. You can make your own peanut butter. Why would you want to do that for? Because you can mix it up. You can put whatever you want. He's a peanut butter connoisseur. Come on, bro. And they got barbecue in there. There's a barbecue uh, restaurant in there. Oh, I do like that. Have you ever been to San Antonio? Yes. Last thing I'm going to say about food here. Okay. <laughs> Not the best place is, and I hope they sponsor me now. Uh, Curbside Bistro. Oh, dude. What do you get? Uh, So many different things. The I tried Homer everything. Simpson? The Homer, yeah. I just I tried, discovered I tried the grilled cheese with the pulled pork. Oh, I tried that, that last pretty time. pretty good. Fire. <laughs> and they're uh, sweet people, dude. They're such nice yeah, people. The, the pork sliders are kind of my go-to there. I get the pork slider, yeah. nothing on it, just barbecue sauce. Fries are always phenomenal. The mac and cheese with mac bacon. Yeah. Oh, so hard. Yeah. Oh, that's. I'm a big fan of those hole in the wall type places. The Hercules Barbecue Food Truck, very good. Very. You go try Roosters. Roosters. Roosters Diner. Yeah, Roosters is good. Pretty good. They're downtown Odessa. It's pretty good. The Golden Corral just uh, renovated. That's pretty good. Yeah. Staff there the other day. (laughs) I've been there a couple years. You gotta feed them. So. Now that you're here, how's your wife like in West Texas? She loves it. Does she really? She loves it. We're both from smaller towns. Okay. So we've never lived in a city this big before. So traffic sucks. We hate that. We love having Sam's Club. Right there. Right there. Um, but, you know, with her being seven months pregnant, she spends time at the house with the dogs. and yeah. She's enjoying life a little bit. We're still unpacking a little bit of stuff every single day because we're too lazy to get it all done in one setting. I hear you. Because I like to game instead of unpack. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, priorities. <laughs> priorities, man. man. That's, priorities. Right. That's right. So You got to get your checklist done for the day. Yeah. After this season, when you need to come back on, just so I can ask what it's like gaming while you're a dad, see if them numbers have yeah. gone down. You need so to more. bring me and my wife here and talk to her about some of this. Like, what is the life of a head coach's wife during the season? No Dude, that that is a big thing that is an as, as under is it under or overlooked because no one really appreciates the sacrifices wives have to make for coaches. Because I mean, no idea. You can upping just have to go a pack, and there's no really sense of. Comfortability I mean think about this December 3rd We beat Kingsville Yeah We thought we were Staying there for a long time Yeah you think you're good You're you're putting the roof And then by Christmas time Nope honey Pack all the stuff We gotta leave We're out of (laughs) here You're still celebrating I think by December 25th I'm still celebrating That December 3rd Bowl win Yeah Right Yeah (laughs) That's just Wow And And What's craziest About that whole story Is On the field After that game the D-line coach I hired and brought with me, Coach Wiz, he was the D-line coach at Kingsville. So before the game, we talked about this opportunity. And I told him, if I do take the job, you're coming with me. So I was on the down, down low. Yeah. And uh, he said, all right, Coach, I'm, I'm with you. I'm there. When we beat the crap out of them, <laughs> I looked at him after the game and said, dude, ain't no way I'm leaving this place to go to UT Premier Basin because UTPB lost to Kingsville last yeah, year. Yeah, They did. And I was just like, I didn't know that. I can't. We just beat them by 30, right? How am I going to leave there yeah. and go to UT Premier Basin, who lost by three points? Mm-hmm. And I called him about five days later and said, well, you ready to come out to Odessa? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the job. So it's crazy how t- fast life changes, right. like completely changes. Oh, yeah, there. especially for a, for a hit coach like you, man. And yeah, but the wife's, I mean, she was back home pregnant. Having to pack the entire house because I was here recruiting the four three two. Jeez, already then. Wow. <laughs> As an avid gamer, any wife will be willing to do anything if you're being productive. If you're playing the games, they're not gonna <laughs> want to do nothing. But if you're being productive for your career, oh yeah, they'll do it. Right. But no, yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. Coach Mac, I gotta give you this uh, warning. We like to have fun on this show, man. Okay. Okay. What's about to happen is we're about to put you in Chris's corner. Let's get it. Surprise attack. Chris is going to fire off five questions. You got 30 seconds to answer these questions. Give us your shortest, best answer. Are you ready, coach? Ready. Let's go. Favorite coach at any level? Nick Saban. What celebrity or athlete or famous person are you inviting to the dinner table? Derek Jeter. Game day superstition. Uh, I listen to Fight Night, the song before I leave. 
<laughs> Most embarrassing moment as a head coach? Uh, losing week two by 30 points to a team you haven't lost to in four years. Oh, that is oh, To your former backup quarterback. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Favorite song? Uh, Heads Carolina, Tails California. Sing it. Jody Messina. Absolutely. Oh, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Coach Mack, it's been a pleasure to have you, man. An honor to meet you. We're, we're all thankful and lucky to have you in the 432, man. If you guys ever need anything from us, we're right here. We're just glad to, to have you here. And Andrew, I don't know if you have any final words for our coach here. Uh, good luck on the gaming now that you're going to be a father. Uh, that's my my biggest fear one day. Give that up. So may God be with you in your journey on that. Oh, and the football team too, of course. Appreciate that. But more so the gaming. Coach, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you recruiting all these kids out here, yeah. and and just sticking to your word. And you know we're, we we got your back for sure. Yeah, we'll get you guys on the sideline. For oh, oh, please. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, most definitely bring that fire back to West Texas. We appreciate you, Coach. Yes, thanks sir. for coming on. Thank you, Coach. This is Coach Chris McCullough, the, the youngest NCAA head coach in the nation. What a pleasure. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Bullcorn Sports, where if it's happening, we, we talk, talk about, about it. it.